Sounds just like when I play it. <laughs> I would like to introduce this, this today at our podcast. Uh, usually this is what Grant kind of does. He, he introduces me when he opens up his thing. So, um, but I'd like to introduce a, a really dear friend, uh, and imp- I, I would say a, a vitally important person in my life, and Sharon's also, but in mine personally, in the sense that uh, this is Phil Keggy. Uh, I think some of you might know him. He's a, uh, a okay guitar player, and uh, but but he loves Jesus, and he was available at a moment in time that was there to actually lead me into a relationship where Jesus became the Lord of my life. So I I, want to introduce him because I think he has a a lot of years left on him yet. I mean, he is a little older now, a little crickety. uh, But at the same time, uh, there are a lot of wonderful things about Phil uh, that you can go online. You can find out about his guitar playing, his singing, his songwriting, just who you are as an individual that has sown in to the body of Christ, to the kingdom of God. And I know that's your heart. And I think that's what I'd like to, to really encourage anybody that is around you, that they would be able to actually hear some of your stuff, if not all of it, whatever the case may be. But, but that's important for all of us to hear that. So this is Phil Keggy right here, a good buddy. And uh, we're all going to heaven together. Uh-huh. Amen. <laughs> It's good, you know, I, I think, uh, thinking about this, I know before you got here, we were sitting here and Matt was setting up stuff, and, um, which we want to say that Matt carries over here. He was uh, gracious enough to put up these things here to actually film and Thank record you, this all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sharon, my beautiful wife, and Grant, just back hiding somewhere, uh, that... Uh, just telling Sharon, I started to, to say something about, she asked me a question about something, and I did, I just began to cry. Uh, You've because, been known to do that, buddy. Yeah. You're tenderhearted. You always have yeah, been. Yeah, it's because the Lord has been so faithful all these years. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the guy that, uh, I'm one of those guys that you would not expect to be here. That mm-hmm. uh, well. my, my past... Uh, prior to Jesus, <laughs> uh, didn't represent a, a life filled with uh, concern for anybody else but myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, narcissism was, you know, my picture was in the dictionary for it uh, in some fashion or another, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I look back on that, and I thought of it this morning earlier, too, just laying in bed. I was thinking something that I wanted to ask you, I think, in this all. Uh, because we're talking about how you and I met. But I think a part of the story is, is that you coming to the Lord, you are not that much older than I at the time. I think you'd only accepted the Lord maybe like a year mm-hmm. or so prior mm-hmm. to September of 71. Yep. Right? I, I mean, yeah, I came to the Lord uh, through the invitation of my sister, Mary Ellen. God bless her and rest her soul. Uh, she was such a light to me. Uh, uh, I was, uh, you know, developing with my band, uh, the Glass Harp. We were a three-piece rock group, and uh, 
And I was just a little hippie guitar player that had dreams of hitting it big with the rest of the guys. In the from group. Ohio. Yeah, from Ohio. <laughs> and uh, we were on our way down to Maryland to do a concert at a college. And, um, you know, my mom was in a car accident that night. Uh, it was a really crazy story. Uh, we were uh, getting high and uh, and little did I know, but at the time of the of the accident, I was in my hotel room and I was lying down resting. I went to get up and I just couldn't move. My body just didn't respond. Mm. And I go, what, what is this? And I remember playing that night uh, and it was a bad winter night. Uh, crazy things happened. Uh, the windshield of the van that we had uh, just broke and it was, uh, it just odd things happened. <clears throat> and uh, I remember I couldn't move my neck. I, was, I, I just didn't know what was happening to me. I don't know if it was the drugs or if it was whatever it was. Um, but my mom was in a car accident around the same time without my knowing it. And she died a week later from the internal injuries. And, uh, and then- how, how old were you at that I was point, 18, 18, 18 yeah. just a youngster. And, uh, and then the family got together for the funeral, and that's, I was broken. I was just distraught, terribly distraught. And my oldest sister, Mary Ellen, she, just a year or so before this event, she gave her life to the Lord. Mm. And uh, so she, she got a Bible and she opened it up to John chapter three about being born again. And I, I, I began to listen. I began to take to heart the things she was sharing about her life because, you know, I really had a deep respect for her. She was a, a, a beautiful lady. And also, oh, she was an actress in Hollywood for 20 years or so, TV and movies. And, uh, and, but when she shared the Lord with me, I, I sensed something real. Was, God was speaking to my heart. And then we, she, we went to a, a church service. Uh, it was a, an Assemblies of God church. And... There was a guest speaker that day, Cosmo de Bartlow, up in Youngstown, <laughs> Ohio. That was his name. And Cosmo, he just shared the gospel and uh, gave an invitation. And my sister said, why don't you go up and give your heart to the Lord? I go, okay. You know, I've, I've tried this. I've tried that. I'm going to give Jesus a chance. Yeah. And that day I felt something change inside of me. I went home. I kept playing in the presence of the Lord by blind faith over and over again because it was my kind of music, but, but speaking of the Lord, you know, I found a place to live, you know, in the presence of the Lord. Uh, I know I don't have much to give, uh, but soon I can open any door. And it's like, and then that inspired a song called The Answer that I wrote uh, that was actually recorded on the second Glass Harp album. And but my life began to change. I began to discover the Bible and the words of Jesus in particular. And I began, the Holy Spirit began to show me how to understand what I was reading. And it, it, it created a, a, a practical application to my life and my living. It changed me, you know, I was, I was born again. And so my heart was, my desire, even though I was still learning more guitar and we were touring the country and we got signed to Decca Records. Uh, 
my heart was to share the gospel because if, if this did so much good in my life, I want others to know it too. And so I think I shared almost everywhere we went, sometimes before a concert or after a concert. I'd pray with kids my age, you know, uh, pray that the Lord would touch them, show his love to them, and that they would see how much he cares for them and how he's real. And so when we met in September of 71, um, our band was opening up for the, the very successful group at the time, It's a Beautiful Day, right? Oh, yeah. And you were the MC. Yeah, yeah I was the MC. My goodness. <laughs> Go, let's hear about that night. That, that night was remarkable. I'll it never was, forget it. Yeah, I know. You know, it's, it was funny because we, you, that, the way that the, the places that we ran there, uh, the, the guys that I was with, we were all drug dealers. And uh, so that's how come that all came about. It was like, you know, this kind of, well, everybody loved bebop rock and roll music, you know, so let's make a place and the, the bands will come and we'll get stoned and, you know, and have fun time. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it, you played three nights there. It wasn't like you just came one night. It was like three nights of playing. I'd forgotten we played that, that many nights. Yeah, three nights in a row. <clears throat> and uh, wow. so it started on Friday, did Friday, Sat or Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Wow. And uh, the, but I, the first night that you came in, I didn't, I didn't talk to you. I mean, I went up, I came in late, and, um, I, and usually I'm there early to get up so I can actually introduce the person, talk to people, and I, you know, uh, of course, from what I look like now, today, and I mean, I was like about a, 100 pounds less. I weighed about 160 pounds at that point in time and uh, had, you know, pretty long hair and kind of looked like a guru or so. I thought I was from another planet and, I don't know, India at the same time, somewhere or another. Yeah. <laughs> but something you made up, you know, the, the, all the drugs that you did, you just kind of fashioned yourself in this fantasy land. Mm. But, uh, wow. but I, 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 I remember I came in late and you were playing a song that you guys did in the set, an old gospel tune called Do Lord. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And uh, it definitely wasn't the Do Lord that you would play uh, like in church. It, you know, it had, because uh, yeah. I, 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 I remember back. It went like this. <laughs> it, it, instead of, instead of like, a, Do Lord, oh do yes, Lord, right. oh do you remember me? It was more like. But right? very loud. Yeah, very yeah, loud. yeah. Uh, Les Paul going through two well, one of the things up is, twin reverb bands. I had been playing guitar for a little while, so I knew <laughs> a little bit to get myself in trouble. But, uh, but it, and because of whatever, the money or whatever, I had guitars and amps and stuff. But I, I remember watching you play on stage, and you had two Fender Twins mm -hmm. that I think you had jacked up, mm -hmm. that they were <laughs> so loud. I mean, loud, loud. And you, I don't. Def, you, did you play with pedals? I had no pedals. No pedals. You just except, played straight except the, amps. Except the reverb and tremolo pedal that came with the amps. Right. That's all I used. <laughs> and, and 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 I used to put like a, a blanket over the amps to attenuate the stage volume because they put the microphone under the sure under the the the, 
like like you know like uh, moving blankets kind oh, of yeah. thing. No, I remember, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and of course, John was a great drummer, and Daniel, a fantastic bass player. Yeah. And we were a tight little band. Oh, you, you were great. Yeah. I remember walking in, and there was a step that went down into where the, the it was an old bowling alley mm -hmm. that we had converted into, and it was like, I don't know, 16 or 20. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was pretty good. It held 1,000 people. 1,000 people could be inside of there. Yeah. And it was jammed. Uh -huh. And I remember I walked down the step to the side, and my little brother was there. And I, st I just stood there for a second while you were playing that song. And he looked at me and goes, are you okay? Uh, and I was stoned. Was this the second night or first night? The first night. First night, first okay, night. yeah. Yeah, because uh, didn't, I didn't meet you until the second night. And uh, mm. so I, he said, are you all right? And I, I well, but like I said, I, I was stoned, but I, it just caught me off guard. And he said, are you okay? And I said, what's, he said, what's going on? I said, I said that, guy, that guy knows God. And he, and he looked, my little brother looked at me and goes, he, he knows God? What are you talking about? I said, who, who knows God? I said, the guy playing guitar. The little guy. The little guy playing guitar with yeah. one finger missing. I've been, yeah, that's me. I, I caught all that stuff, right? And I'm thinking this whole deal, I, I, I kind of laughed. He, he, was kinda, he was chuckling through it. He goes, are you crazy? Are you? I said, man, all I know is just that that guy knows God. And uh, he, uh, he goes, well, are you gonna do it? I said, I, I don't know, I'm not doing it. But I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed because I was stoned and I was afraid to talk to you. Now, I wasn't afraid to talk to anybody, right? And uh, I, I just, very few people intimidated me. But what you carried Ha, man. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's still there. Mm -hmm. Still there, Phil. I didn't understand it at that point. Mm. I didn't recognize how much Jesus wanted to reveal himself. Mm. And... Uh, so I, I just backed away. I didn't you go up. I don't think, I don't know if I, I, I introduced Beautiful Day when they came up. But I stayed away from you. And I thought, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to get stoned tonight. And usually every night we would, at the end of the, sh the shows, I would, um, I made this tequila insanity. Uh, if you remember when they came in the room, we were praying. The guys came in to get me to come back. Hey, Don, you got to make your thing. And so it was this tequila thing that then you'd smoke and snort and do whatever you did. And, and uh, I just decided I'm not going to get stoned. I'm going to stay sober through this whole deal. <laughs> and uh, so I needed to talk to you because I had to ask you about God. So I went home that night, didn't get stoned all the next day, which usually like a normal and thing was... And that's like out of the ordinary. Out, oh, way out. I mean, I, I'd, I'd smoke... 20, 30 joints a day, right? Wow. Uh, a lot, you know, do whatever we did. And, and drink probably a, a, at least close to a quart of tequila. So I was pretty messed up for 24 years old. And, mm. uh, but I, about the next day, I went through the whole next day and I was waiting, I was anxious, thinking about the night, I'm gonna come back now, where well, I'm gonna go, now, this time I'm gonna go see you. So we went and uh, I introduced you guys 
We didn't talk much. We smiled, hi, like uh -huh. that. I did the thing on the stage, and then I can, you I can, down. I can see the stage. Yeah. I can. I can. Set in the corner of the yeah. room. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the little slopey ramp came up the back, and uh, yeah. I went. Uh, you, you, uh, you guys went out and played, and while you were playing, did that thing up. I, I was sitting on the ramp listening. And Billy, the, the guitar player for A Beautiful Day, came out. And Billy's probably about six, three or four. So he was pretty tall. <laughs> and he came out, and he, he's, he was standing at the behind, right behind where you went out to the stage. And he goes, I said, hey, what are you doing? He goes, he says, man, you, are you listening to this get, guy play guitar? And I went, I said, yeah, I mean, incredible, isn't it? He goes, unbelievable, man. He said, you know, I did. I, I went up and talked to him. And I said, yeah. He goes, but he was using every adjective. Uh, and under the sun. Uh, under the sun, right? <laughs> well, the sun, Batman, something the Lord. And so he's like, the guy's in this, and he's, um, he's looking up at me, and I'm going, Who, where'd you learn how to play guitar like that? And you looked up at him just very calmly. He said, and he said, he said, really calm, like he just looked at me and goes, well, Jesus taught me. And he, he goes, dude. And I, I, I started laughing. Well, of course, to me now, I'm, I've got to talk to you about God. So now all of a sudden, he's telling me that you've told him that Jesus taught you. And I'm, all of a sudden, everything in my mind and my heart like, is, is rushing. And I'm going like, oh, dude. And he, Billy goes, he said, I don't know, maybe I ought to look into Jesus. I don't I said, oh, cool. And he was a good guitar player. It's not like he was a bum, right? But so that kind of went on. They, they ended up, you guys finished. I went out and introduced them. They went on, mm -hmm. did their thing. A white bird in a golden cage. That's it. Uh, yeah, that's the, the song. Uh, uh, he wore a white suit. Yeah, white suit. White violin. White violin. Yeah. And the girl, Lydia, she, mm -hmm. she sang that part. She was, a, she was a great vocalist. They were a great band. Yeah. They were really yeah. good. And uh, 1971. So went up, the, I, then that got there, so they were, got going on. Then I went, okay, and I'm going to go look for it. I went upstairs. There was two rooms, two dressing rooms. And everybody got stoned and drunk up on the very top one. So it was a big room. And there was a little, halfway up the stairs, there was a little dressing room. And I thought, okay, well, you must be in there. So I went, I went in there. And you were sitting at one of the dressing tables and the mirrors and stuff. You were just sitting there. You had your Bible. And you're reading your Bible. And so now I'm... I look back at this now, I'm probably talking a lot more. I was afraid. Uh, and I, because I understand now why I was afraid of who I was and because of the presence of Jesus. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm still that way. I'm still yeah. in awe of the presence of Jesus. You know? Sure, I am too. Uh, Especially at moments like this. So I, as I, I went in the room, I thought, okay, I'll go in here. You're by yourself. And I went over, and I, there was a chair, and I sat on the wall. Like here, you were sitting at, like that there. And I said, you still see it sitting in the chair right there. Mm -hmm. And you went, hey, hi, how you doing? And I went, uh, I'm doing, doing fine. I just kind of here cruising. And you just kind of was going like, so what's up? And I'm trying to figure out, how do I even say this, right? And I just looked at you and went, uh, so... I, I realize that you know God, don't you, right? Of course, you're reading your Bible, but I, none of that really clicked other than me trying to ask you if you knew God. 
And then when you said, oh, yeah, kind of like that, kind of a little squeaky voice. We were a lot younger at that point in time, right? Uh -huh. I mean, you were, uh, were you 19? I was 19, yes. You were 19. Mm -hmm. So you're really older then. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I probably so, said, oh, yeah, I had a voice kind of like that. You that's know? right, you did. And I, I thought, <laughs> I go. So I went, uh, you, yeah. And you went really just very casually said, so you, you know God? And I went, yeah, well, yeah. And then mm. I went, oh. And then you just looked at me kind of like, okay. And it seemed like you were kind of being, you, you were quizzing yourself like, what, what, what's going on? And then you asked him and said, well, do, do you know Jesus? And I went, yeah, sure. Thinking, you know, I'm I'm an American, and you know, I went to Sunday school and all that stuff. I, yeah, I, I know Jesus. So then it was you were quiet for it seemed like a long time, but probably like about a half a minute, maybe. Like you were thinking it through, like okay, now what do I say? Because you, don't, you if you think of this whole deal, how many people I've been around now all these years, lots of people going. I never had anybody come up to me and say, "Do you know Jesus?" And would you pray with me to? I've never had that. And I get to go like, uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I went to somebody. I said, I recognized Jesus, even though I didn't know it was him. I just recognized it. And so I'm the guy that came up. I, I didn't accept the Lord walking down the sawdust trail, you know, in a, a church somewhere and anything like that. I, I did it in a rock and roll house, man. And. Mm -hmm. uh, so you just looked at me a little bit, and then finally you said, okay, so you know Jesus? I went, yeah. And you go, just very calmly again, you said, or you asked me, said, is, is Jesus the Lord of your life? <laughs> I remember that moment. I remember that moment. That's all it took. I, I remember tears just streaming down oh, your face. Yeah, man, I I'll never forget it. I, I was trying to contain it then. I thought because I didn't understand what it was, but I know my thoughts were immediate. I went like, okay, what mm -hmm. do I know? I know King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and that they, he was Lord and that they would have died for him. They would have, whatever it took, those knights would have died for King Arthur. And mm -hmm. I, because of my fantasy world that I lived in all uh -huh. the time, mm -hmm. I, I, that's all I went through for just really quick. And I didn't know what to say to you. I just thought, I, I, I just hummed and I was crying. And you went, well, you know, we can fix that. Again, <laughs> kind of squeaky voice. I kind of, maybe I was mimicking you at that point in time. But both of us there sitting by ourselves, you said, well, we can fix that. And I went, oh, okay. And we began to pray. Yeah, you said, well, you want to pray? And I said, yeah. And you remember Dennis, my little brother, he came into the room then. He didn't know what was going on. He said, what are you doing? And we'd walked over to the corner of, that, of the dressing room right there. And uh, you were, we were going to pray. And you said, and you just told him, you said, well, we're going to pray. You want to pray with us? And so Dennis just kind of goes, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> what was going on? So he just goes, and then you said, okay, said, you don't mind if we get on our knees, do you? And I went, oh. Oh, okay. okay. I do recall that. Yeah, so got to get on our, our knees. knees. I got, okay. And then you said, well, you don't mind if we hold hands? And I thought, oh, wait just a second here. This is, we might be going a little bit too far. In my, I didn't say that out loud, but inside I was going, 
you want to hold my hand now? I'm just going, dude, uh, I don't know about this part. But then I thought, okay. And the minute you grabbed my hand and the power of God hit me and I thought, you, and you tried to say, now just repeat after me, one of those. Mm -hmm. And I did, I think I might've said four words out of it all. Yeah, and just began yeah. to blubber and snot came and uh, just saying, Lord, I, I forgive me of my sin and be the Lord of my life. And um, here I am, <laughs> you know, down the road all these years that he uh -huh. is Lord. And I've, I've talked, I've taught on Lordship umpteen times of how vital it is to understand the Lordship of Jesus. Mm. And uh, we did that thing and I remember we were sitting there on the floor, I crying, and two guys walked in the door to get me to come make the concoction out of tequila because it was all over with. And I just looked at them and, and went, he said, hey, Tom, come on. And I was like, <laughs> and you just turned around and said, well, what's going on? He said, and you went, hey, you guys want to pray with us? <laughs> and they went, whoa, no, 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 we're, we're okay. We're, we're fine. We'll, we'll talk to you later, Don. And so they, they took off. Well, you know, it's interesting, Don. Uh, um, because I was touring with Glass Harp, you know, I wasn't playing in churches at that time. No, it, it was it was whiskey a go go. It was Fillmore. It was Winterland. It was uh, <laughs> Reflections, and it was Ludlow's Garage. It was um, uh, the, the Penguins Roost. Oh no, not the Penguins Roost. It was uh, JB's in Kent. You know, I mean, and and everywhere I went, it wasn't a church setting. Yeah, but I was bringing Jesus to people. Uh, one time, the band uh, to me. They, they <laughs> yeah they drove separately. I drove separately to, to this gig in Ohio, and uh, I got there before the guys, and the car had troubles or something, and so I said to the promoter, it was an outdoor thing on a on a truck, a bed, you know, what do you call it, mm -hmm. tractor trailer bed? Yeah, flatbed. Flatbed, and uh, I said I got my acoustic. I could do some until the band gets here. I can do a few songs, and. Uh, he said, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah just because the, the crowd's waiting, you know. So I, I, sing, uh, I sing my songs about Jesus, and, and uh, there's not a lot of response. And then I, I walk off stage, the band gets there, and the, ro the roadies were there, and they set up John's drums, Dan's bass amp, and everything, and we were ready to go. So about five, ten minutes later, we all come back up on the stage, and do our set as a band, a rock group, you know. And, uh, and we had a really good set. And after that set, this guy comes up to me and he says, you're the same guy that was playing those songs about Jesus? And then you played your electric? I, I, I can't make sense of this. Tell me more about what, what do you believe in? And I told him and I prayed with that fella. And... Uh, it was powerful. It's just like evangelism really works when you go out into the darkness and the light really shines. Amen. You know, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's how the light gets in, uh, yeah. the little cracks. Yeah. And, um, uh, and there are people that are so hungry right now for the truth because the words like truth and reality and what is really real is being turned upside down. 
uh, yeah. but, but Jesus said, I am the truth. Yeah. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he's the foundation of all things that are good and true mm -hmm. and reliable and dependable. Um, and so what happened was the power of the Holy Spirit comes into this situation when, because the Lord Jesus himself said, the Holy Spirit, he will glorify me. So we bring Jesus to each other and the Holy Spirit enters in and there's power there. The, the Bible says that the kingdom of God does not consist only in words, but in power. Words are important, especially the word of God. But, but uh, when the power of the Holy Spirit starts coming, people get healed, they get delivered from darkness and Amen. demonic activity. They get uh, set free. <laughs> they get filled with joy, the fruit of the Spirit. You know, everything that we were created to be is yeah. possible because of Amen. Jesus. Yeah. And so that was a beautiful night and uh, we kept in touch. Now, I was still on tour with the Glass Harp. Yeah. We hung out together there for a few we weeks. Did. We did, you yeah. came up to Newport Beach. I met your brother. You met my brother. Yeah, uh, and, that thing there. Um, and that's when you brought the, the Mark White book guitar. Yeah. The, the, the whiskey a go-go. You were yeah. playing the whiskey, yeah. That's right, that's where it was. Yep. Uh, I remember, uh, have you guys heard of the whiskey? The Have you whiskey ever heard of that? In LA? It was a real famous it's place. It's still there. It's it's still the thing, yeah. Anybody who was anybody. Anybody, yeah. I played there. It was, a, it was a funky place, but yeah. it was but everybody and their mother. Even the Beatles went there to party. Oh yeah, I think the Stones we, played, the yeah. Doors played there. Everybody, all the the big bands at the time played at that mm -hmm. place. I wouldn't doubt so that you, uh, you guys were there. Grateful Dead and Cream. Groups like that played there. Oh yeah. But uh, you brought that guitar to me and I just couldn't believe it because <laughs> it's, it's an interesting thing because when I got home from that tour, I had bought a Martin, uh, like a D48, mm. the, the 12, it was, had the slotted, in, in, uh, slotted um, I don't know what the you headstock call it, headstock. Yeah. Uh, and it, it went to the 12th fret, it was a bigger body. And I loaned it to a fellow who asked if he could borrow it while I was on tour. I said, sure. <laughs> and when I got back, he said, I'm sorry, I was in a car wreck and the guitar got smashed. Oh, wow. I said, I'm so sorry. And, but I'm, I'm coming home from that trip with your guitar. With the white book, yeah. <laughs> 16 years later, that person came to a concert of mine and really remorseful. He said, mm. I actually, Sold your really? guitar for drugs. Uh, it, it, awesome. He, 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 couldn't, <laughs> his, he couldn't live with living with a lie that he had yeah. told me. And so even all those years, and I said, you're forgiven. You know, the Lord is always supplied. Did he just keep the guitar? Is that what he did? He sold it. He sold it, yeah. In, in, to use it for buying something else. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but then I had your guitar, uh, the first album that I recorded with it was the It Makes Me Glad album with Glass Harp. We recorded this album in uh, May, June, July, I guess, of 72. And, uh, and then the next album I recorded with your guitar, the Mark White book, was my What A Day album. It's all, all over that album. Then Love Broke Through and Emerging and Mastering the Musician and Flipside, Town to Town. Uh, and then the mid-80s, uh, I uh, ended up in Mark, 
Mark's Mark's hands again. Yeah, cool. a beautiful story. Well, didn't didn't you sell it at an auction? Well, somebody? I played at Sightsinger Music, which was a, a, a musical instrument store in in Orange County. Orange County. Yeah. Yeah. That's my the straps hanging on the wall in there. Uh huh. That's it's, where I got that. No kidding. From Sightsinger. Yeah, the guy that owned Sightsinger was he grew up with Leo Fender. Ah. Uh. And so he knew him because it was, Brea used to be the place where Fender used to, they still might be there doing their stuff. Uh-huh. Do it. And he would go over to the place with his buddy and Leo would let him walk through and he'd get uh, blemishes. So he'd look through all the guitars with blemishes. So this had a little nick uh-huh. in the body and uh, it's still there. And, but he got it for nothing. And, I, you know, I look at that guitar. It was like, you know, a Clapton redo yeah. of 57 or something wow. like that, a Blackie. Uh, Blackie. And, uh-huh. uh, the, uh, and I, I got it for like, I, mean, I look back at it now thinking of this time. I, was, I think I paid $400 for it, you know. And, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's worth a lot more, but it's probably worth a couple thousand dollars now. Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, that oh, Sightsinger, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So I did that. a concert at Sightsinger. <laughs> And I was uh, dealing with some uh, issues that happened to do with taxes. Um, and we kind of ran into some problems with the touring, the management and all that. And, and, and uh, apparently a loan was taken out and uh, I was a co-signer of the loan. And the bank kind of came after me. And so I was dealing with some some money that needed to be owed, I guess, and I was getting a little bit worried. So I had my Les Paul, my Strat, the Mark White book, and the classical on guitar stands, and, and said, I'm selling these, anybody want to buy these? Nothing, I think I sold a classical guitar, and, and that was it. Nobody bought anything, but I had the Mark White book there. You know, this guitar was given to me as a gift from you, and I hated to part with it, but I said, I got to get some money yeah. here. Reality and so reality. a fella came up to me and he said, uh, how much do you want for your white book? I said, well, maybe a thousand, you know? He goes, I'd like to buy it. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> and and I, asked, I asked him, so what's your name? He goes, I'm Mark Whitebook. I made that guitar. I go, oh, really? you've got to be kidding me. I said, I can't sell this to you. Unreal. I, I told him right off. I said, I can't sell this to you. This guitar was actually given to me. I can't yeah. sell it to the man that made it. He goes, I don't even own one of my own guitars right now, and I would love to buy it from uh, you. That, that is an incredibly wonderful story. And that's what happened. Because so, I remember, like, I'd gone to Fred's, you know, at Westwood Music, and uh, was looking at guitars back in the 69. It was Fred that bought it from Mark. Yeah. I just talked to Jim Cole. This morning, <laughs> Jim really? told me that very. Yeah, and then Fred, Mark. Uh, then Fred, Fred Wallachie, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And Fred <laughs> sold it to a fella on the East Coast. That's where it is right now. It's so. such a dinky little world, isn't it? I mean, all these little things go on. I Fred know. said, you, you, he just told me, he said, look, you want to buy a guitar, you have to look at these acoustic guitars from this guy, this friend of mine, Mark Whitebook. And, and, and the mean. other guy that, there was two of them, uh, young was the other guitar player. Uh-huh. I mean, the other guitar luthier okay. dude. Uh, uh, Mark Whitebook and something young. Mm-hmm. They were both making them together. Made it so well, really beautiful. Oh, they were, it was Cedar incredible. Top, too. 
Uh, I'm sorry? Cedar Top. Yeah. That, that was a Cedar Top guitar. Yep. No, and no, and, no, and when I first met Jim Olson and he wanted to build me a guitar. You said, I said Cedar? I said, could you make a Cedar Top? And he goes, oh, well, Phil, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know, it's kind of, it's a very tender wood and I'm not sure. I never built a Cedar guitar. But he, I, he made the first Cedar Top for me. Awesome. Uh, my son has that guitar now. And uh, <laughs> uh, it's in safekeeping. But a lot of history with that guitar. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, and in between uh, the Mark White book and the Olsen, I was using, like, uh, Ovation guitars for the road and stuff. Right. But uh, I wanted to say one, one more thing about that day when Mark White book bought that guitar back, his own guitar back. It's like he was the creator and he purchased back that which he created. Amen. And so there's a spiritual analogy there. Yep. You know, like the Lord made us, he created us for his own purposes and we got separated, but his son, Jesus, uh, died on the cross to yep. reconcile us back to the God, the Father. Yeah. Yep. So, and it's so, I'll, I'll always remember the whole White Book guitar story is something uh, fascinating and spiritual, musical, and it was because of, of what you gave to me as a gift. Yeah. And God give a, gives us oh, gifts. Yeah. Well, it's funny because Mark, uh, like Fred's a really dear friend. Uh-huh. Walkie. Uh-huh. And him and uh, there's another guy, uh, uh, Richie Salvato, and then Larry Myers. Uh, do you remember Larry Myers, the mandolin player? I think I do, yes. Uh-huh. I think I do. And all four of us are the same age within a month, right? Now, would David Mansfield be a part of this? I'm sorry? David Mansfield, the mandolin player? Uh-huh. You remember him? No, I just know of him. I don't yeah. know him. But so we all, we all well turn the same age about the same time, mm -hmm. within a month of each other. Right. Uh, Richie's the oldest, I'm next, then Fred, and then Larry's like in the end of October. And uh, I, I, I think this will be really fun because I, when I talked to Fred, I just talked to Larry about a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and I, I, I thought I asked him how Fred was. Fred had uh, throat cancer. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, I didn't. So, no. Hey, hey, Daddy, how you doing? You know, what are you going on? Oh, so, poor guy. We kept telling him smoking. <laughs> Yeah. You know, all the smoking things. But uh, but I, I think it will be awesome because of this story that you're telling me. Because I can call him and say, hey, how you doing, man? What's going on? And uh, we haven't talked for a couple, three, five years or whatever the uh -huh. case may be. But I'd say, be able to do it and say, hey, you know what? I was talking to Phil K. He told me about Mark Whitebuck. He said, you got that guitar back. What'd you do? And he goes, well, whatever he did with it, you know, sold it to somebody and in New York or something yep, like that. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he sold his store. He sold the guy that actually helped ran the store for years, bought uh -huh. it from him. So he's just retired and doing whatever he's doing. So, but I think in all that, uh, saying all those things, I, th I think one of the, the important parts of this conversation is for the people that are gonna see this, hear yeah. this, mm -hmm that I think is to be able to, to encourage them that if you have somebody that, that you know uh, that seems to be untouchable, right? Mm -hmm. 
I think that's maybe one of the biggest, the best parts of the story is the guy that doesn't need anything or the gal that doesn't need anything. And they're, they're on their own world, they're in their own thing, doing their own thing. Oh, I don't know about them. And I was, one, I was that guy, I was a drug dealer, I had money, I was having fun, it, all, everything was great. But when the Lord steps into your life, because I was reading mystical things from the East, mm -hmm. I'd read the New Testament a few times, mm -hmm. you know, all of it kind of mixed all together. And, uh, but I think that maybe that's part of our story is just to say that the Lord would put together all these little pieces, you know, yeah. and they're just out of where I think it's, it can't happen that somebody steps into your life and for them that they're able to see that if you have somebody that is a drug dealer brother or, or dad or whatever the case, or you, just somebody that's messed up and hurting going through all that stuff, don't give up the ship. Don't, don't back away from it and think like, they can't make it. This mm. is a part of our prayer life right. for all of us. If you're a Christian and you're hearing this story, that the, the importance of this is more that you're looking at two guys that were living okey-doke lives, you know, just doing our thing until somebody asked us a couple of questions and, uh, or, and promoted a particular thing. And it just struck our heart the way to say, I don't wanna live the way I've been living. Yeah. I wanna I, I change the way I'm living. And, uh, mm. and I had been married, you know, I had a son, but I wasn't with her, you know, I mean, it was all, all that stuff was just a mess. Is it I'd Chad? I'd been busted. I'm Chad? Sorry. Chad, yeah, Chad. He's 55 years old now, right? Whoa. <laughs> oh my goodness. And, uh, uh, you know, I think it, it, in looking at all that, you, you look through the years, you go like, what could go wrong? And I, I was busted in the army for dealing drugs. Almost went to prison for 50 years. And, mm. but I had great lawyers and somewhere, which I didn't know, I was oblivious to it. I mean, I was 22 years old when it all happened. And I look back at that thing and I go like, every one of those moments, I was not a Christian at all. But somewhere or another, I look at the thing when the Lord says, I've known you before the foundations of the earth, that yeah. I've created you mm -hmm. for not some things, but great things. Yeah. Because your life needs to be a, a part of a testimony, yeah. a part of a lifestyle that encourages other people that there is hope for yeah. a world that we talked earlier before we started filming, maybe we were filming that at that point when you're talking about what the world's going through right now, the insanity mm. of trying to figure out who we are, because that's basically all it is. Yeah. All of the transgender, all of these things that we're seeing so much about, it's all about identity. It's about people trying to figure out who they are in life. Yeah. Right. What am I for? What can I be? I'm not happy the way I am, so I think I'll be something else. And I'll try this and I'll try that. Well, it's no different than you and I when we were getting stoned, mm -hmm. right? Right. It's just the thing to do. Like, I, you know, I don't like that thing. I'll just do this thing. And I keep doing this thing until I run to the end of it. And I look at myself, and because I had gotten busted, uh, because my partners had been killed by particular people, those kinds of things were happening in my life. I thought, well, where's my life going to end up at in this all? And I wasn't smart enough to actually ask that question. 
but I knew that I didn't want to die doing this all. But you, the Lord brought you into my life, mm. and I will forever be indebted to that. Uh, praise God. And I know some yeah. of the stories I've listened to, this, the stuff that you've gone through, you and Bernadette, having babies. Yeah. I mean, just that, if that was all we talked about, was what you guys went through about having children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we lost, we lost triplet boys uh, in five and a half months along. And then a year later, a baby boy who was six and a half months along and died three days later. And then a miscarriage a, day, a year after that. Uh, th those were hard things to go through oh. for us. And uh, finally- For both of you, I think. For, yeah. For poor Bernadette, her body and yeah. having to go through that. Oh yeah. All, all the way through it. And then, then, then some good friends in Kansas City prayed over us and really put hope back into us. And uh, so she was expecting again in 1979. We said, we got to move. Got to leave upstate New York. And we went to Kansas City. Alicia was born. Uh, just only, well, she was born three weeks early, but that was okay. You know, she was only four pounds, nine ounces or something like that. <laughs> but she survived and that was the beginning of a family. Had another baby girl, Olivia, four years later, then a son three years later. And uh, these children are a delight in our lives and um, a real blessing from God. But we know that, Bern and I know that we're gonna see five kids that we didn't, didn't, yeah. we didn't see grow up. We've got one. Yeah. We had a miscarriage mm -hmm. in between a couple of ours, you know. Yeah. Thinking we're going to get to see them when we get to heaven, you know. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, awesome. the Bible tells us that God's going to restore all things. Amen. And, uh, yeah. But isn't that the story? It's like what, what you've gone through, you think of all these things. How many times? I, I just did a thing on one of my podcasts. I think Grant remembers this one about talking about the lady with the issue of blood. Uh huh. And one of the points that I that the Lord really revealed to me about talking about her was that how many times had she hoped, because it said that she spent all of her money and she went to all the doctors, and she got worse. Yes, over twelve years. <laughs> over like twelve that. years, yeah. she got worse. And you're thinking, doing that thing. I think one of the points that the Lord really got got to me was how many times did she run out of hope. Because mm -hmm. she would think, it's, oh, somebody said, you got to talk to Dr. McGillicuddy, right? Yeah. And he's the guy, man. He's going to do this to you. It's going to be awesome, right? You're going to be well. You're going to be well. It's, okay, that's good. I've got, I've got $14 left. I, will he take 14 bucks? And he go, okay, that's it. How often have we run out of hope? Mm -hmm. And the Lord says, I want you to know I'm your hope. Absolutely. You don't give up because I haven't ever and will never give up on you. I, I believe that. And yes. so when you have stories like ours, I hopefully that's what encourages the people that, that will listen to this and see this, that they'll say, wow, that's, that's a pretty wild story, isn't it? But, but the bottom line is, is that here we are uh, in our 70s now, uh, we ain't young, little mm -mm. spraddlings no more, right? No. Uh, but at the same time, it's just thinking that the Lord has sustained us in such a way that our, la our later years are going to be better than our former. Hmm. Yeah. That's the word of the Lord. Yeah. 
that, and, and I, and I want to say that to the people that are going to see this, don't give up. Mm. Don't give up. Don't do, give up. Do whatever. Like the lady with the issue of blood, I, I want to encourage you, said she crawled through the crowd. So my question in that, the top question when I did that podcast was, is that what will you do to get to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Mm. Cut through the crowd. What you do. That's yeah. right. None of this is going to bother me. I know if somebody touches me, I'm, I'm unclean, right? People are going to whatever. No, I don't care about that. Because all I got to do is I just have to touch the hem of his garment. Yeah. That's all I have to do. It's mm-hmm. just a piece of cloth. Yeah. And somewhere or another, we find in there that the little thread is the very thread that becomes the rope that the Lord says, here, come on up here. Come on, I got you. I it's got all you. cool. Yeah. So I, I want to I thank you again. I want to thank you for doing this. You're welcome. I want to thank Matt for bringing all this stuff over here. Uh, for Grant being a friend of, not of our family and of me personally that has, has uh, helped me with podcasts because I'm illiterate when it comes to all the tech stuff. But to push me into a place to say, I've had this thing in my heart, man. I want to tell people about Jesus. Absolutely. I, I want to go out with the blaze of glory, man. Amen. And, uh, and I know that yeah. that's what people need to have right yes. now. They need to be encouraged to say, I know I hear what's going on. I watch the news. I read the paper. I do whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know what? There's something absolutely more. And that's what Jesus wants to give to us. So if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know him, you need to look at that today. Mm-hmm. Don't wait till tonight. Do it today. Get on your knees wherever you are and say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to change me because I don't want to live like I've been living. I don't want to be afraid of what I've been afraid of. I want my family to be restored. Mm-hmm. I want my marriage to be restored. Yeah. I want the people around me, Father, to acknowledge and know that I have some value. And the only way that can be is is by you. So I ask you right now that you give your life to Jesus with everything you have in you. Say, Lord, take me now. Whatever it is, take me. It's all yours now. I want to give it all to you. So I want to pray. Would you say a prayer? Absolutely. Do it for the folks that are listening to say, Absolutely. Dear Lord, thank you for this time that we share. Um, As Bernadette and I were reading in your word this morning, if two or three are gathered together in my name, my name, there Mm. I am in the midst of them. And we are gathered here in your name, Lord. And I just want to encourage our listeners, those who are viewing this podcast. Yes, Lord. That you just taste and see that the Lord is good and (laughs) kind. Um, Hallelujah. uh, He who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. Yes. uh, He is faithful and true. Mm. Uh, He will reveal his love to you. Thank you, Lord. Your life can be transformed, changed. Mm. If any man or woman or child uh, be in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation. And... uh, and uh, I love the verse that says, Jesus is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Hallelujah. Your life can be held, knitted back together the way God designed it to be, uh, body, soul, and spirit. Thank you, Lord. So open your heart to the Lord. He loves you. Uh, 
eye has not seen nor ear heard the things that God has prepared for those yes. who love him. Uh, he is real. Yes, Lord. He lives. Uh, and, and we will live with him forever. <laughs> God is good and yes, he will Lord. always pursue you. Don't give up on God because he'll never give up on you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Amen. Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Hallelujah. It's good. I love you, buddy. Love you too, buddy. <laughs>